Now, listen, those of you that uh, are watching tonight, I'm going to really just I want to walk you through something. I want to walk you through this idea of what we in the body of Christ and outside of the body of Christ is experiencing right now. In fact, you see the title scrolling across the screen right now. The title of the, tonight's message is From Pressure to Purpose, God's Plan for Our Trials, okay? Because I, I, I'm a firm believer that when God gives us a word, he often gives us the word before we know we need it. God is in the habit of being proactive, not reactive. And so God will give us a word like he did here at Fellowship of Champions at the end of the year for something that we're getting ready to experience and are experiencing on some level right now. Now, I know a lot of believers don't spend time watching the news. They don't spend time reading about what's going on economically. But I am telling you, if you are even barely astute to what is happening in the world right now, this guiding word ought to be something you're reading multiple times a day. It is your anchor. There are conversations being had right now that if things go the way that they're talking about, the United States of America and all of its citizens, because some of you live here, most of you who are listening to me live in the United States, our economic system as we know it could be turned upside down. And, and, if, and if you're not aware of those things, then the, 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 the guiding word, it may not make a lot of sense to you. But I guarantee you that even if you're not aware of it, you are going to begin to start feeling the pressure of it. And let me let me explain what I mean. Just real quick. Saudi Arabia, the UAE, China, Mexico and India have all made an announcement that they are going to cut oil production for the rest of 2023. You say, Pastor, what's the big deal about that? Well, let me explain to you in real simple terms. When they cut oil production, the price of oil goes up. When the price of oil goes up, the price of every commodity you use goes up. That means your eggs are going to cost more. Your toilet paper is going to cost more. You're getting a car change, your oil changes. Everything in your life is going to cost more. Everything is going to rise. And I believe within my heart that this is the reason God prepared us at the end of 2022 when he said, listen, do not panic about the things you're going to hear over the course of the next six months. See, January happened and it wasn't much going on. February happened and it wasn't a whole lot going on. But since March, if you've been paying attention, if you've been looking at gas prices, if you've been looking at food prices, if you've been paying attention to the news, you look at all of the companies that are laying people off. Why do companies lay people off? Because the job of the company is to be profitable. The job of the company is to make money and they can't make money if people aren't buying. People don't buy because it, things are more expensive. Things are more expensive because they cut the production of oil. All of this stuff is intertwined. But God told us at Fellowship of Champions, don't you worry about it. And so tonight, I want to actually start with what God said. 
I want to start because I want to I want to rejuvenate your mind so that you understand when the pressure comes, there's a purpose to it and that God already has a plan for any pressure or any trial that you're going to go through. So I'm going to grab this from my guiding word. Here's what it's, it starts off by saying this. And this is if you're reading the guiding word, it's probably about the third paragraph. Dan. He says, do not be afraid of the announcements that will come within the next six months. We got this word back in December. He says, remind yourself. Right. That means that when things are going crazy around me, I can't give in to the things I have to remind myself. But you can't remind yourself of something you haven't read. He says, remind yourself that you are in my hands. He says, and as a result of being in my hands, what will he do? He says, I will take care of you. He says, don't walk in fear of those things that are happening around you. He, he didn't say that wasn't going to happen. He says, but don't you be in fear of them. When, 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 you, when you start to see the price of, of, of gas go up, and I'm telling you, sometime this summer, and you can save the broadcast and come back to me and tell me I was wrong or a false prophet, but sometime this summer, you're going to see gas prices hit around that 4 to $5 mark in some cities in, our, in the United States of America. It's going to creep back up. You're going to start, where we live, you may see it around three fifty dollars to $4 a gallon. It's going to increase. He says, but don't you walk in fear about gas prices increasing. He says, for I am your father in covenant. In other words, he says, you and I have a pack. You have a pack to serve me and I have a pack to, 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 to give you everything you need to provide for you. He then says this, he says, my angels are already, somebody ought to be shouting already. If we was at church, I'd make you say already three times. My angels are already encamped around you and they have already been given their assignments. See, you, you've got angels assigned to you. They are waiting on you to open your mouth to command them to do what God has already told them to do. He says, I've given these angels who are camped around you their assignment. He says, and in case you don't know, here's the assignment. It is to protect you. It is to guard you against what? Any need or lack. If you're watching me on, right now, you ought to be typing in the comment section. I have no need or lack. I have no need or lack. And listen, I'm going to need you to remember that because when gas prices get to $4 and milk gets to $3 a gallon and, 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 and people are being laid off and, and, and wages don't match the, the, the inflation is happening, I'm going to need you to remind yourself, right? I'm going to need you to remind yourself because that's what he says in the first part of this. He says, remind yourself that you are in my hands. He says, and I will take care of you. He says, so I want you to remember that my angels have been assigned to you to make sure that you have no need and you have no lack. He says, but in order for this to work, here's what you got to do. He says, prepare yourself. He says, you got to repent and you got to turn away 
from godless behavior. See, stinking thinking is godless behavior. You got to turn away from godless behavior. You got to turn away from thinking like the world and saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do or these prices are too high or I'm going to have to cut back. God says, no, you just need to prepare yourself. Know what's coming. And even though what's coming may look bad, know that I'm better than what's coming. He says, allow my word to cut away all hidden sin and iniquity. He says, and then, I love this part. He says, watch me take care of what? All of your needs. Somebody right now in the comment section, type all my needs are met. I know you may not feel like it right now, but I need you to type all my needs are met. There's 50, 50 something of you on here right now. You ought to be saying all of my needs are met. All of my needs are met. And so tonight I want to talk to you about from pressure to purpose, from pressure to purpose, because this message tonight is about the reality and the inevitability of dealing with outside pressure in our lives. Being born again does not exempt you from life's challenges. Ooh, glory. Being born again does not exempt you. Just because you gave Jesus your heart doesn't mean you won't have problems in this earth. And so I want to prepare you so that you're not stunned, so that you're not shocked, so that you're not perplexed, that you are experiencing pressure. But I need you to know that God already has a plan for that pressure. And that pressure is for your benefit. And I'm going to show you through his word why I make that statement. See, you got to understand, it is about, it's not about whether you experience pressure. It's about how God uses that pressure to mature you as a believer so that he can manifest all of his gifts inside of you. See, it's extremely easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that life as a believer should be easy. Life should be free of trouble and should be free of all difficulty. And it's even easier to become discouraged or even overwhelmed when we end up having to actually face difficult situations in our own lives. However, the reality is that pressure is an unavoidable part of life. Pressure is an unavoidable part of life. And it comes in various forms. It comes from personal struggles to external circumstances, which literally we have zero control over. It ain't something that you did. It ain't some mistake that you made. It ain't something that you said wrong. It's just we live in a world full of sin. And because this world is unregenerated, we live in it. And sometimes we suffer from the pressure of it. But that pressure is never more than our God. And so you have to remember that pressure on the believer always has a purpose. But as we'll see in tonight's teaching, there is hope. Oh, there is hope for the believer. There is hope in the word of God. There is hope to be found for you and for me in the midst of pressure. And God is going to use this pressure. What's going to happen over the course of the next three months, God is going to use it if you allow him to mature you in ways that you didn't even know you need to be matured. 
See, even though pressure may be unpleasant at the time, when you endure it, it can mature you as a believer and it can help you to manifest the gifts and the talents and the anointings that God has put on your life. This is because pressure causes us to grow and it causes us to develop spiritual fruit. Just like a grape has to be squeezed in order to produce wine, we must endure pressure to produce the spiritual fruit that God desires in us. See, if everything works for you all the time and you never have any pressure, you never have any struggle, you never have any strain, nothing ever goes wrong for you, you don't even know whether you depend on God or not. You don't even know whether or not you are trusting in God. See, it's, you, you don't know you're trusting in God until you have to trust in God. And God doesn't bring pressure, but he will use pressure. See, God ain't going to put cancer on you. But if you get cancer, God will use cancer to show you he's a healer. See, he doesn't put it on you, but God can use any pressure situation to show you and to mature you and to grow you up so that you become everything he wants you to be. And although it may sound counterintuitive, we should never fear or shy away from pressure because uses it, not causes it, but he uses adversity and trouble to equip us and to teach us to trust and believe in him in every situation. God uses trials to purify our faith so that we no longer have to depend on ourselves, but him. Every failure that results from self-reliance can lead to greater wisdom as to, as to why we failed. And this teaching tonight is going to give us a greater reliance on God. What's going to come in the next three months, you don't have the wherewithal to get yourself through it without God. You're going to start to see people who you thought had it all together. You thought they had everything worked out. You thought they were so smart. They were so skilled. They were so connected. But what is coming over the course of these next three months, you're going to see people who have never turned to God have to turn to God. And I'm saying to you that you shouldn't be one of those people who end up acting like you didn't know who your God was. And I'm telling you, if you go to Fellowship of Champions, you've already been given a word to anchor your soul. There should be no fear. There should be no doubt. There should be no unbelief in you at all. You should be welcoming pressure. You should say, come on, pressure, whatever you got. Come on, because whatever it's going to do to me, it's going to work in me a far greater weight of glory than if I didn't experience that pressure. In fact, in the comment section, I need somebody to say this. Say, I was built for pressure. I was built for pressure. I've been designed and engineered for what's about to show up over the course of the next six months. I've been designed for this. Why? Because my father, who is my father in covenant, told me it was coming. And he told me all I had to do was partner with him. He says, if I partner with him and get all of that iniquity and all of that hidden sin and all that godless behavior out of my life, he says he will provide for my needs. And so as we face pressure in our life, let us remember that God is with us every step of the way. 
God is using the various trials that you are going through. He's using the various pressure that you are experiencing not to break you down, but to make you stronger and to develop you into a more mature believer. So I say to you, FOC, let us embrace pressure. And let us trust in God's plan for our lives, because in doing so, we will experience real victory and we will grow, grow closer to him. So, you know how I teach. Let's talk about the purpose of pressure, because if we're going to go from pressure to purpose, we need to know what is the purpose of pressure. First, let's define what we mean by pressure. Pressure is anything that ex that exerts a force on us causing us to feel stress, tension, or discomfort. It can come from external circumstances, such as a job loss, such as financial strain or relationship difficulties. Or it can come from internal struggles, things like depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, and unbelief. But as a born-again believer, we know that there's a purpose to the pressure that we are experiencing. In fact, God's, God uses pressure to mature us and to manifest his gifts in our life. How do I know that? Because when we read in James chapter one, verse two through four, here is what it says. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters, whenever... That's on a Monday, that's on a Wednesday, on a Friday or the weekend. He says, whenever you face trials or pressure of many kinds, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that stick to itness. He says, so let that perseverance or that stick to itness, let it finish its work. Don't 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 run back to the world because there's some pressure. Don't go back to to, to shacking up because there's pressure. Don't, don't go back to taking the gummies because there's pressure. Don't go back to smoking the weed because there's pressure. Don't stop giving your tithe because it's pressure. Don't quit fasting because it's pressure. Don't skip out on prayer because now you 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 looking for something to comfort you other than God's word. He said, but let this stick to itness. Finish its work so you may be what? Mature and what? Complete and what? Have nothing lacking. He says, if you quit on the process, if you don't let the pressure do what it's designed to do, you won't grow. You won't be mature. You're going to end up lacking. He says, the pressure came to crush you, but I came to mature you. He says, and the question is, who are you going to partner with? Who are you going to partner with? So the first purpose of pressure is to test and refine our faith. The first purpose of pressure is to test and to refine our faith, producing in you and I a maturity and completeness that can only come from God. And it's not a bad thing. Why? Because Romans 8, 28 tells us, and we know 
that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. People say God will never put more on you than you can bear. God will never put anything on you, but God will use what gets on you to mature you. See, I, I, I don't subscribe to that theology that says God will uh, 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 take your baby away and, and you, let your baby die so he can get your attention. That, that, that's sadistic. That's, that's not who God is. Now, in the midst of tragedy, if you allow him, if your baby passes, God will comfort you. He will teach you to be stronger. He will teach you to be mature. And in some cases, he'll even give you back what you lost. Because God is not a sadistic uh, sadist who is trying to punish you uh, in order to get you to behave. God wants to love you into good behavior. God wants the Holy Spirit to be so in you, to be shed abroad in your heart that your desire, somebody, is to live for him. Amen? And so here, that, that is the purpose. The purpose is, is for the pressure to test and to refine our faith. The Bible says that you have to purify gold, that when you take gold and you mine gold out of the mountains or out of the hills, you have to purify it. You have to put fire on it and, and it burns up everything except for the gold. Some of you need to submit your life to God seriously. You need to submit your life to God in such a way that, that he can burn up everything that's not pure, everything that's not like him. He can burn up some of that doubt. He can burn up some of that anxiety. He can burn up some of that frustration and stress. He can burn up all of those things that he never gave you. The Bible says that he did not give us uh, the spirit of fear, but he gave us the spirit of what? Power, love, and what? A sound mind. So when you submit yourself to God, fear will get burned up, but not the power, not the love, not the sound mind. And so then let's talk then about the benefits, the benefits of enduring pressure. Well, Pastor, I don't want to go through no pressure. Then you don't want to grow. Then you don't want to mature. Then you don't want to be prepared for what's going to show up because what's going to show up is showing up. If, if, if I had you in, in church, I'd have you touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It, it, what, what, is, what has already been released on the earth is happening. Just like when God told the children of Israel, look, the death angel is coming. It ain't no stopping the death angel, but there is a way so that the death angel can't impact you. He told them, he said, listen, I want you to get a lamb. He said, I need you to go. And I need you to get hyssop and I need you to dip the hyssop in the, in the lamb's blood. And I need you to paint it over the doorpost of your home. He says, and when the death angel comes, he's going to see that blood and he's going to skip over. Some of you need to submit your life under the blood. You wonder why things aren't working for you. You wonder why it ain't going for you. You wonder why you're, 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 you seem like you're going down rather than going up. You need to submit your life to the blood. See, that was pressure. It was pressure when they heard that the death angel was coming. They, they had to trust what God told them. They went in their house and they shut the door and they put that hiss, they put that blood across the doorposts of their homes just as God instructed. And they waited, trusting and believing that if God told them to do this, they would be spared. 
Some of you need to go back to that guiding word and do everything it told you so that in the next six months, your financial state can be spared. It can be spared. So what is the benefit of enduring this pressure? How exactly does pressure, Pastor Edwin, produce this kind of growth in me? What one way by is by producing what we call spiritual fruit. What is spiritual fruit? Galatians chapter five, verse 22 through 23. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, peace, joy, forbearance, which is long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. See, when pressure gets applied, those things get worked out in our life. When pressure is applied, you get to work love out in your life. When pressure is applied, you get to work joy out in your life. When pressure is applied, you get to see how much long suffering you got. You get to see how much kindness you got. When pressure is being applied and you want to be rude and you don't, goodness is being worked out in your life. Gentleness is being worked out in your life. When you want to say something and Holy Spirit says, shut your mouth. Pressure is applied because you want to say something. You want to get somebody told. You want to put them in their place. But when you shut your mouth, self-control gets worked out of your life. So the pressure is necessary in order for you to experience spiritual fruit. See, when we endure pressure, we have the opportunity to cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We learn patience as we wait on God's timing. We learn kindness as we serve others, even when no one is serving us. We, we, we serve, uh, we, we learn difficulties when we, we, learn how, we learn how to overcome difficulties when we do what God has instructed us to do, even when we are facing difficulties ourselves. We learn self-control as we resist the temptation to give in to fear, to doubt or unbelief or to rob God or the time or of the time we're supposed to be spending with him. You have to let those things be worked out in your life. Moreover, pressure can help us to rely more fully on God. See, when pressure is applied, you realize in some cases you ain't even got the strength to get the pressure up off of you. Let me give you a prime example. I'm not some big, burly, strong guy, right? So if I got down on a bench press and somebody says, hey, I want you to bench 300 pounds, okay? I can't take 300 pounds off the rack, have it come down to my chest and me push it all the way up. I'm going to need a spotter. I'm going to need somebody behind me who, when I get this thing about right here, <laughs> I mean real low, about right here, they're going to grab that bar and help pull that thing up off of me. But watch this. If I go to the gym, come on, somebody, every single day and every day I'm doing all I can to press that 300 pounds. Before you know it, something in me, that pressure from the weight is going to start developing these little flabby arms into some strong muscles. And what's going to happen is when I used to couldn't get it, but right here, now I'm going to get it right here. 
And I keep doing it, but now I'm going to get it further. I'm going to get it right here. And then before you know it, I'm going to be able to take that 300 pounds off that rack. I'm going to take it to my chest and press what used to kill me. Somebody ought to be out there tonight talking about I'm going to press what used to kill me. I'm going to press. To, I'm going to press through some stuff. I, the, the stuff I used to give into, I ain't giving into no more. Them, them, them calls late at night, I'm going to press through. Robbing God of the tie, I'm a press through. Saying I ain't good enough, I'm a press through. I might need somebody in my team to be my spotter, but just for a little while, because I'm going to keep pressing, and this pressure that used to kill me is now about to serve a purpose. Oh, glory to God. I work myself up in this in this empty church by myself. <laughs> glory to God. Come on. Somebody say, I'm designed to conquer pressure. I'm designed to conquer pressure. Notice this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. My God. Look what he says. He says, we, that's me and you, we are hard pressed on every side. But guess what, baby? We are not crushed. We are not perplexed. He says, but do, but, but do, we are not in despair persecuted. He says, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. All of these things are happening, but they are not affecting us like they affect other people. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but we are not in despair. Persecuted, but we are not abandoned. Struck down even, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because God is on our side. And whatever pressure we experience, God has a plan to use that pressure for a purpose. Am I talking to anybody out there tonight? Understand, when we face pressure, we realize that we cannot rely on our own strength. I cannot bench 300 pounds right now. I can't rely on my own strength. I need a spotter. I can't, I can't trust in my own resources. These muscles today ain't getting 300 pounds off my chest today. Instead, we have to learn to turn to God for help and for sustenance. See, when, when, when I'm walking through life, God is my spotter. Whatever pressure comes that I can't get off of me, he's there to pick that pressure up. Until I walk with him long enough and get developed long enough that I realize when that pressure comes, now I'm strong enough to handle it. He's always going to be there for me. I'm always going to be relying on him. But as I grow and mature, there are some things that he gives me wisdom and strength for that I don't have to be always asking him to do because he's shown me what to do. I was reading something today even, and I went back in my notes and I included this. And so I want to read this. It's 2 Timothy 2 through 13. This wasn't originally in my notes, but I had, to, I had to include this when I saw it. Now, just take a moment and look at this. It says, if we are what? Faithless, right? It says, he remains what? Faithful. So even it, oh God, even when I blow it, he don't. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because he cannot, what? Disown, my God, himself. 
So God ain't waiting to see how faithful I am to see if he going to be faithful. He going to be faithful because that's who he is. He going to be faithful because that's who he is. It's just better when I'm faithful too because I'm not messing up what he's doing. I ain't messing up what God is doing. It says if you are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. This is a very powerful scripture. Why? Because it speaks to the unfailing faithfulness of God. Even in the midst of our own shortcomings and in the midst of our own failures, it reminds us that even when we are faithless, God remains faithful to us. This is a powerful message of hope. This is a powerful message of encouragement because the verse emphasizes that un the unchanging nature of God. Look at what he says. It says that he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. What does it mean to disown himself? It means he cannot go against who he is. He cannot go against his own character. God is so faithful that what he is ain't based on what you are. Well, glory to God. This gives us a very solid foundation on which to build our faith and our trust in God. Why? Because we know that he is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, overall, 2 Timothy 2.13 encourages us to hold fast to our faith no matter what pressure we are experiencing. Even in the most difficult of times, we hold on to our faith, knowing that God remains faithful even when we aren't being faithful. And God remains true to his promises even when we face pressure and can't see the promise anymore. God is faithful. My God, it's about 65 of y'all on here. You ought to say God is faithful. Every one of you who listen, I don't care if you're cooking. I don't care if you're watching TV. I don't care if you're doing laundry. Stop what you're doing and you ought to type God is faithful because he is. God is faithful. Woo, glory. How do I know God is faithful? Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 through 5 says this. It says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings why? Knowing that the sufferings we're going through, they are producing something in us. It's pressure with a purpose. It produces endurance. And what does endurance do? It produces character. And what does character produce? It produces hope. And what does hope do? It says, and hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not put us to shame. So whatever I'm going through, I don't care what the world say it looks like. You over there serving God, you over there serving God and, and you didn't get the job. You over there serving God and, and, and your husband acting up. You over there serving God and your kids acting up. You over there serving God and you can't even pay all your bills. Baby, here's what I know. Even though what you said may be a fact going on right now, I'm about to give God some praise. I'm about to honor God. Yo, yet though they slay me, I am still going to praise God. Why? Because this suffering I'm going through right now is producing something inside of me.
I'm, I'm getting some endurance from this. This endurance is going to develop some character in me. And the character that you laughing at is producing hope in me. And this hope that I have, I'm not going to be ashamed. So when God shows up in my life and does everything he promised, who's going to have the last laugh? Because I may be in the pit now, but I ain't staying in the pit because the pressure that I'm experiencing is for a purpose. I ain't just going through to be going through. I ain't just going through to be going through. And, I, and I'm not talking, this ain't no theology of, oh, God got to put me through. What I'm saying to you is that we live in a world where things happen. We, sometimes we get sucker punched. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. Sometimes we don't know what's down the road. But God knows. And because God knows, glory to God, because God knows, he knows exactly how to position us and move us so that even when we feel like it's pressure, he's really taking us to the place of release. Somebody ought to say that. Say, I'm headed to the place of release. I am headed to the place of release. God knows. See, this passage speaks to the idea that we can find joy and hope even in the midst of pressure. As believers, we are not exempt from experiencing hardship and difficulties in life. But we do have confidence and we should have confidence in our God that he can use these experiences for our good, that they can grow us, they can mature us, and they can take us to new levels. The scripture highlights the process by which suffering can produce positive character traits in us. See, as we endure through difficult times, we develop endurance. We, in, we, we develop perseverance. What is perseverance? It's some stick to itness. It means that I don't care how difficult it gets. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to cave in and I'm not going to quit. I'm not quitting on God. I don't care. You can't. You can't apply enough pressure to get me to give up on God. What does that look like? When, 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 they, when, they, when they told Daniel uh, that they were going to throw him in the pit, when they, when they told the three Hebrew boys they were going to throw him in the fire, it, you can't put enough pressure on me. Do I, do I have five people out there who say you can't put enough pressure on me to make me quit on God? You can't. You, there's not enough pressure to be applied. If you take my life, I'm not denouncing God. You pay me a billion dollars, I ain't denouncing God. You can't put enough pressure on me to denounce God. See, this scripture highlights the process by which suffering can produce these positive effects. Because as we endure through these difficult times, yes, we endure, uh, we, 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 we develop endurance, we develop perseverance, which in turn shapes our character and it builds our hope. It builds our hope. This hope is not a fleeting or empty hope. This ain't some pie in the sky just wishing and dreaming. We have a promise from God. It anchors us. We get anchored in God's love for us. We get anchored in the fact that even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Listen, 2 Timothy might be my next favorite scripture. Even when I'm faithless, he is faithful because he cannot disown himself. And because of this, my hope in God's love can never disappoint me. It can never put me to shame. It can never leave me isolated because it is a hope that is not empty hope. It is an anchoring hope. 
In fact, Hebrews 6 and 19 sums this up. Hebrews 6, 19 says it like this. We have this hope. What hope? That God is faithful even when we're faithless. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. In other words, this love that God has for us, it becomes our anchor to hold us no matter what the pressure is like. So then, Pastor Edwin, how do we overcome pressure? What does that look like? Well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it tells us how do you overcome pressure. You trust in the Lord. You want to overcome pressure? Don't focus on the pressure. Focus on the process. Focus on what God is telling you to do. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And in all of your ways, what? Submit to him and he will make your path straight. He says, if you want to know how to deal with pressure, trust God. Find out what God is saying. Find out what God is doing. Find out how God is moving. Find out where God is going and then submit all of your ways to him. Don't try to get God to follow you. You follow God. Submit your ways to him and he will make your path straight. When we trust in God, we face pressure with confidence. When we trust in God, we face pressure knowing that he is with us and that he has a plan for our lives. Are y'all hearing me? God has a plan for your life. I know you're experiencing some pressure like you've never experienced it before, but stop the pity party. It's not time for a pity party. It is time for a praise party because we take suffering knowing that God has a purpose. And as we submit to him, he will guide us and direct us in the way that we should go. Moreover, we can overcome pressure by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. A lot of people say, well, I don't read the news because I don't want the news to impact how I see things. I read the news because I want to be informed. Because the more informed I am, the more strategic I can be in my prayers. The more informed I am, I understand it. See, see, I can watch anything on the news and it ain't going to overcome me. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than anything that's happening in the world. I am concerned. I want to know what they're saying on the news because the news ain't going to change me. Why? Because even when I'm faithless, come on, somebody, he is faithful because he would not disown himself. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 as I get ready to close. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and every sin that so easily entangles. It's what the guiding word says. Get rid of that godless behavior. Get rid of that, uh, that unbridled sin. Get rid of that iniquity. He says, and then and then run this race that God has given you. He says, run it with some stick to itness. He says, the race that has been marked out for you. He says, fixing your eyes on what? Jesus, not the problem. Fixing your eyes, not on the price of gas. Fixing your eyes, not on how many jobs they're cutting. 
but fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. This translation says the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. If you, you ought to type in the comment section and say, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. When pressure comes, look to Jesus. When you don't feel no pressure, look to Jesus. When everything's going right, look to Jesus. When all hell is breaking loose, look to Jesus. In every situation, keep your eyes fixed. Run the race that he set before you. He says, and you watch how you overcome this pressure. You got to remind yourself of Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who's strengthening you? Who's strengthening you? Well, the word is strengthening me. When the last time you read it? When the last time you sat with it? When the last time you meditated on it? If you don't spend time with the word, the word won't benefit you. See, first, Philippians 4.13 speaks to the idea of what Christ's help is like. It says you with Christ's help can do anything. You can do all things. When Christ is the one who is strengthening you, when he is your anchor, when he is your foundation. This scripture reminds us that we do not have to rely on our own strength and on our own abilities. We do not. We have a spotter. We have a helper. We are not in this thing by ourselves. We can depend on Christ's strength and power to help us accomplish whatever dream, desire, project, or objective, or big, hairy, audacious goal that we have set before us. Whatever God has called us to, he has equipped us to reach that destination. This verse also emphasizes the importance of our relationship with Christ. When we remain connected with him and we seek his help, we can find the strength, we can find the courage, and we can find the energy to face any challenge that comes our way. We can do it all with Christ. Every assignment can be marked completed with Christ. Every assignment we get an A plus on when we take God along with us. That's why in the guiding word, he says, let me partner with you. He says, let us join together. Let us partner together. Why? So that you and I can be on the same page. So that you and I can be together doing what is necessary for you to reach your goal. That's why Philippians 4.13 is so powerful, because it's a reminder that Christ is everything we need. Sometimes we focus on the pressure and we make the pressure bigger than God. But God is bigger than whatever pressure and whatever pressure is there. God's just going to use it for his purpose. And so we have to get to the place where we're remembering that. So, champions, here's what I want to say to you tonight. Let us be encouraged. Let us not be discouraged by the pressure that we're facing, but let us be encouraged knowing that God is working something out in us, even if we don't know what it is. We say this all the time when we pray at our church, something supernatural happens when we pray. 
Listen, something supernatural is happening on your behalf, even if you can't see it, when you allow yourself to go through the trials in your life with Jesus Christ as your director. There are things that get worked out in your character. There are things that you would never succumb to because you worked them out because you didn't just go off and do the thing you wanted to do because it was easy. Let us trust then in his faithfulness and his goodness and let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the ultimate source in the hope of our strength. You have been built and engineered to handle pressure. I'm out of hour. I did real good tonight. I'm done. Listen, I just want to encourage you so much to not succumb to the things you're going to be hearing about and you're going to be hearing about them. When you start to see those gas prices go up, food prices go up, people losing their jobs, uh, those people who have adjustable rate mortgages, as they continue to raise interest rates and people's mortgages go up and they can't pay them and they start losing their homes. Don't you panic. Don't you fear. Don't you get in doubt. Why? Because God is faithful. God is faithful. And in fact, I did something for you tonight because we don't have time to do it. But I wrote out a confession. And that confession is posted on the Fellowship of Champions uh, confession page. It's a confession called From Pressure to Purpose. Now, if, if you don't do your part and you don't read the guiding word and you don't go and take this confession and take the time to make this confession daily, don't you dare start crying when stuff goes wrong all around you. I am preparing you as the apostle of this house. I'm preparing you to get ready for pressure. And, you know, there's a there's a there's a, a show and I forget the name of it, but it's got Tom Hanks and Madonna in it. It's about girls playing baseball. I, I don't remember the name of, of the movie. Some of y'all think of the name of the movie. But one of the most famous lines he says is, there is no crying in baseball. Listen, ain't no crying in the kingdom. Not when you've been prepared to overcome this. Ain't gonna be no crying come July. Ain't gonna be no moaning and woe is me. We're preparing now to open ourselves up and get direction from God so that everything he tells us to do, we can run our race because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so I'm telling you, listen, you better get ready. If you are anywhere close to Northwest Arkansas, you ought to bust them doors down on Sunday morning. It's going to be lit in here. You hear me? Because not only are we celebrating our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his resurrection. But we have a newfound revelation <laughs> that even if you had it before, we got some more scripture to back it up. It says, even if we are faithless, God is faithful. Who glory to God. Listen, if this bless you, go ahead, do what Pastor Chris always say. Show me some hearts. Show me some fire. You can put some clouds and some rain and, and a running man and a, and a jump rope. I don't care what you put in there. Just If you're excited, you ought to show it. Amen? Praise God. Glory to God. Listen, I love you guys. I'm about to get up out of here. But I'm telling you, pressure ain't got nothing on you. Pressure ain't got nothing on you. On you. 
God is faithful and he will remain faithful. Amen. All right. Love you guys. See you on Sunday. Don't forget next Tuesday we will have, thank you. You're right. Ways to give. I, all, I, listen, I done got so hyped. Ways to give. <laughs> Praise God. Those of you who would like to sow your seed, whether it's your tithe, your offering, your first fruit, or whether or not you just want to uh, sow because you were blessed by this word tonight. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. And there are ways you can give. You can give through Givelify, Push Pay, Tidely or Text to Give. And we ask you to use one of those methods, one of those methods. If you are stateside, we reserve our PayPal uh, account for our international partners. Those are people who don't live in the contiguous 48 states or in Alaska or Hawaii. All right. If you are outside of the United States, you're in Canada, Mexico, you're across the pond and you want to sow into this ministry. Wonderful. We'd love to have you partner with us. We ask that you would give through PayPal. Amen. Also, uh, if you want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions Church International and you should want to be a partner. This is a great church. And I don't say that because I'm pastoring. If I wasn't pastoring, I'd go here. I mean, it's just a great place to be. Amen. So become a partner of FOC today. Go to www.focchurch.com. Scroll all the way down that page until you see the little red man standing there that says complete registration. Click that button. And when you click that button, it's a couple of things you fill out. And then you will be a partner of Fellowship of Champions. You will immediately be tied in to our Fellowship of Champions Covenant Partner Facebook group. And we will get a chance to welcome you as a new partner. And we have some new partners. We got a couple this week. Uh, I don't remember all their names, so I don't want to start calling names because I'll forget. But one of them became a new partner, and she immediately sold a seed. It was like, Pastor Edwin, I want you to know I sold my first, first fruit offering seed. I said, hey, li listen, I appreciate it. But more importantly, I'm just glad you're partnering with us so we can grow together. In fact, somebody go ahead and put this in the comment section as we go. Say, here we grow again. Here we grow again. We call in our 500 partners from the north, south, east, and west. And the Lord told me, he said, you're going to have to increase that number. <laughs> he said, you're going to increase that number. You've been saying 500 for two years now. You got to increase that number. You got to increase that number. So let's go ahead and do it tonight. I call in a thousand partners from Fellowship of Champions all across the world. I call those thousand partners into the ministry from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west to help us carry out God's mission for this ministry. I thank you that you're coming in by the droves. I thank you that you are searching out FOC online. I thank you that as you come, you are so uh, in love with the word of God that you're going back and you're listening to messages from two three years ago. Praise God. Amen. I call those, th those thousand partners in. Amen. Listen, it's late. Some of y'all on the East Coast is already 10.03. Those of you on the West Coast, y'all probably just now getting started. It's just seven out there. <laughs> but wherever you are watching from in the United States or across the world, we appreciate you. You know, for those of you who you may have been out there struggling. You may have been, you know, not not living like you were supposed to. And and I don't want to take that for granted. And at the end of every message, we say to people, hey, come home, come home. If you if you if you if it, if you know you ain't been doing what you're supposed to do, it ain't no long drawn out process. You can make the decision. I'm coming home. Amen. And if you're coming home, tell us about it. If you if you say, you know what, I want to this 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 my church. 
If that's how you feel, tell us in the comment section. Then go fill out the registration form. If you coming back home, you coming to the Lord, say, you know what? I'm coming home. I'm through living raggedy. I'm coming back to live for Jesus. Then tell us in the comment section, okay? All right. Love you guys so much. Y'all have a blessed night. See you Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. 6.30 a.m. for Champions Circle Prayer. Be there or be there. Amen. All right. God bless you.